0: Thank you so much, Dr. Strauss. Again, I am Heather Owen, Chief Clinical Officer of Emergency Medicine for Team Health, and I'm here today with Dr. Ryan Allen, Facility Medical Director of the St. David's Bastrop Emergency Center, and invited guest, Dr. Jasper Smits, a clinical psychologist and head of the University of Texas Stress and Anxiety Clinic. So first, welcome to both of you, and thank you very much for being here with us today.
1: Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: Our pleasure for sure. So today we're going to talk about stress. And I know many of you are thinking, why do we need to talk about stress? We live it every single day. And I would respond to that all the more reason that we talk about it. The impact that stress has on you, your overall well-being, and also how it impacts the care that we provide to our patients at the bedside. Um, I'd like to briefly share a story with you. It's about a physician caring for a multitude of patients in a typical day in your local ED. Uh, The physician gets called to the bedside of a critical patient who's decompensating, clearly a stressful situation that I think we can all relate to. Uh, The physician prepares to place a central line. The patient's clinical status continues to decline. The physician feels rushed. They feel stressed and they make an error placing that central line. And in discussing this case, the physician later says, you know what? I was just really stressed. And I think we all can relate to that. I think that we work in... Stressful environments all the time. Home life can be stressful. Life in general is stressful. And so the question today is: how do we manage that stress? How can we do better so that in that most stressful moment we can perform to the best of our ability? So it just happens that Dr. Allen and Dr. Smiths have all the answers that we have been waiting for. I um I appreciate both of them being here today, and I'll let them tell you a a bit about how they kind of got tied in. So Dr. Allen, um, again, thank you for your time today. I'm going to start with you and let you share a little bit about kind of some specific things that you noticed in your facility and why you kind of felt like addressing stress and stress management was really important. So let me turn it over to you for a minute and let you tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Okay. Thanks Heather for, for having us. Yeah. So I think, you know, team health, as long as I've, um, you know, been uh, a part uh, uh, of the organization has always had a focus on physician wellbeing and burnout, you know, the, the engagement and burnout relationship is, is kind of um, something that's Important to all of us. And, and that's even before COVID 19. Over the past couple of years, you know, um, I think we've all noticed that our stress levels at work and at home and dealing with the pandemic have all been elevated. And that's cer- certainly something that I've noticed as well in my own life and practice, but also as a leader on the local level with uh, my colleagues there. And there's always been. Resources available, but what I noticed is that people tend to be a little hesitant to to uh, make use of those resources for whatever reason, and we could talk, you know, all day about the reasons that that physicians and APCs are not great about using the resources available to us, um, even when we need them. And so I got to thinking about that, and and. Um, trying to think of ways that I could, um, you know, positively impact on the local level, um, the, the use of those resources and also to kind of gauge what resources are, are, uh, are, are needed. And so what I came up with is, is having kind of smaller groups, um, in a social setting, you know, which we were all kind of jonesing for after being, uh, locked down for, for so long. And, um, and, and what I did was I put together a series of kind of like informal happy hours, but with a goal. and the goal was that we would we would address kind of um, our stress levels. we would just talk about it. and uh, you know I'm lucky in my social life to have Oscar um, Smith's um, as, as some as a good friend of mine um, and I had been talking with him on a personal level about about these things for a long time and asked him if he would if he would come and just kind of gauge where we're at and also give us some some uh, tools to use both in the moment and also just in in life and in our careers um, and he very graciously volunteered his time and and we did these um, these events and it turns out that that we learned a lot and um, and made use of of some of Jasper's suggestions, but also got a good idea of what might be um, needed next. So that's how uh, all this came about.
0: Fantastic. I I love that you're so in tune with um, all of your clinicians that you could recognize the need for the opportunity to get together um, outside of your time together in the department. So tell me a little bit more about um, the exact events that you planned and and how you pulled Dr. Smith in and then let's turn it over and let him add a little bit as well
1: the events took place at a time when uh you know the the covid rates had come down and so we we were able to meet outdoors at a at a kind of a local restaurant bar and we got in groups of about eight or so people i'd say eight to ten people and um and basically i just introduced i said you know what we're basically here just because we miss each other we we um, have always thrived on, on having a, a good, tight group. That um, we knew that the people in our group were there for us, but we we had all been missing that because we'd all been, as I said, locked down for for the longest time, just like everybody else. And and then I was real explicit. I, I said that you know I've noticed that a lot of people um, that your stress levels have been very obviously high at work, um, and there's a lot of you know, I, I've noticed a lot of kind of just bad feelings and, and a little bit of grousing around um, the things that, you know, are always a little bit of a hassle to us, but, um, but the, the tone had turned a little bit dark. And, and I, I just, I said that uh, straight up to people. And, and I think it was a good way to, to get the conversation started just to say like, you know, uh, it seems like some of you people are in a darker place than normal and I wanted to talk about that. And I introduced Jasper, and um, that got the conversation going. Um, and then, um, you know, Jasper was able to kind of gauge what he thought would be useful for us, and and um, and offered us uh, offered us his expertise that I'll let him talk about.
0: Fantastic. So Dr. Spence, tell us a little bit about your perspective. So you're asked to come in um, to this group and and provide perspective and insight. Um, Tell us your perspective and what that was like um, coming into a group at this time.
2: Yeah, thanks again uh, for having us. And uh, obviously, I was happy to participate and here too, um, when it comes to stress, anxiety, um, depressed mood. And um, these are obviously topics that as a clinical psychologist, I talk about every day. And and certainly there's been a huge uptick uh, during the COVID pandemic and a huge need for people to have conversations and also get access to really good help. So help can come in, in different uh, ways. Certainly you can think about professional help, but I, I sort of liked this informal setting as well because it makes it a little bit more accessible for people and to talk about it in maybe a more non-stigmatized uh, fashion a um, little less threatening because i think oftentimes it is difficult for people to assess and 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 realize that uh, perhaps stress is too much for them they're struggling and then to also reach out and start talking to people about how to best manage this and so when I joined this conversation. I think we sort of broke it up in, in two ways. We thought more about how do you deal with stress in the short-term, and then how do you deal with uh, stress more in the long-term? And uh, what I mean short-term short is when we have acute stressors and, and life is getting too demanding to us, uh, what can we actually do to um, note or to see the impact of that stressor lesson. And I, I just highlighted two things and two strategies that I think can be helpful for people. So I'll repeat them here. Uh, one is uh, buffers and uh, that I, I just call them buffers and two is just the stress regulation strategies. And so uh, let me talk a little bit more about each. When it comes to buffers, it is simply the idea of putting your system in the best position to manage or to deal with the stressor. And I think uh, when we have stressors, there are certain things that we can do that make these stresses less impactful. And I think about things like structure or schedule. I think about taking care of your body, like exercising. I think about things like social support and also engaging in downtime. These seem like fairly basic things, but often when people are stressed, Those are the things that go. So just a simple reminder of, uh, again, prioritizing that and starting to think about how to put those things in place such that at a time of stress, uh, you notice less of an impact. The second one is stress regulation strategies. And, uh, you know, when we notice stress, we can't help but get a little bit more into our head and that uh, we start worrying. And for many people, worrying, Uh, even though it has a a sort of a negative connotation, it also sort of feels good. Like when you worry, you feel like you're sort of problem solving and you're staying on top of it. And yet we know that oftentimes that worry isn't always productive. We don't always come up with solutions, yet we just sort of stay with the the what if and what if that uh, comes with no really good answer or solution. And so a good strategy is to start thinking about how you can exert that kind of control wisely is when to worry and when to engage in problem solving and whatnot. And we talked a little bit about sort of breaking down the worries in two things. One is like, is it a hypothetical worry? Sort of like a what if? We don't know if this is going to happen. It might happen, but it could go many different ways. Hence, I can't really problem solved at this point and you also have real problem worries the things that actually lend themselves to the solution and prioritizing the latter uh, engaging and problem solving around that and letting those hypothetical worries go and delay and and watch yourself not engaging with those because that's where exerting control actually usually doesn't go anywhere but in fact uh, tends to amp up the worry a little bit more and a second is to uh, teach people more how to shift their attention when we are overwhelmed with stress and let's say we come home from a busy day and it has been stressful is how can you actually shift to what's outside of work and engage in the things that are important to you and that are in front of you and i think when the stress is sort of low or in the moderate range uh, we can teach people what are grounding exercises. Um, sometimes people use an app like Headspace and other apps that are available that center sort of around breathing to help you bring it back from being in your head, speci- uh, you know, uh, being in your head to again um, uh, focusing on what is in front of you. Um, whether that's engaging with your partner, engaging with your family. Uh, starting um, to do the kind of thing that you wanted to do after work, watching a movie, uh, engaging in a hobby or whatever it is. If the stress is more intense, uh, then we sometimes also use a little bit more drastic um, strategies to really help people shift their attention. Uh, We like to work with temperature, like uh, really a cold shower, for example, or a hot shower. That really grasps people's attention such that they can sort of get out of the space that they're in and focusing more on what's in front of them. And intense exercise can do something that's very similar, like even doing like 10 or 15 push-ups, I'd say, really forces you to shift your attention to something else. So that's sort of in the short term, but I'll stop there for a second, Heather, and see uh, if I can also talk about the long-term or if there's other things that you want me to discuss here.
0: No, oh, those are those are both fantastic. I'm I'm kind of processing them myself as you're going through them. Um, buffers and stress regulation strategies. I am um, I like both of those. I think that those are phenomenal. Recommendations and very easily applicable, I think, to all of us in our life. When I think about the buffers, you know, you talk about positioning yourself to best deal with those stressors. And I think we can all run a list of things that we know, you know, help us put our best self forward. For me, that's adequate sleep and protected time with my children, but um, it's probably not something that we we intentionally think about and prepare for, which it sounds like is one of your recommendations. And then stress regulation strategies, um, you know, it's an excellent thought process that I, I would say we're never really taught. That's not something that's ever really discussed in our education. It's a phenomenal, uh, I mean, exercise. I can see the value as you just kind of talk through it, just kind of taking control on actively managing those situations, which, you know, by nature, we're very proactive people. I mean, we are action oriented. So when you give us an action and tell us that there are strategies that we can implement that will really impact the way we feel and the way we deal with those situations, um, that's something that I think that um, our listeners can really grasp onto and really um, successfully implement into their lives. So thank you for sharing those. And yes, I'd love to hear more about some some long-term solutions you recommend as well.
2: Great. I, I really love your summary think uh, that's exactly what I was trying to convey. So thank you for that. Um, Yeah, long term, I I think about that more uh, when obviously stress prolongs, and it's something that hasn't been just there for a few weeks or even a few months, but you're finding yourself looking back over the past year thinking, it's just been too much, and I, I can't really get a break. And then that's obviously when stress becomes more chronic. And we also all know that that's when it not it doesn't just have the impact on the mental health, but it also starts having really bad effects for your physical health. And, and I think uh, even though those um, strategies that we just discussed, the, the buffers and the stress regulation strategies can be helpful, um, I do think it's also time to start thinking a little bit more about the situation, one, and also to yourself. And uh, when it comes to stress, I I sort of always think like, hey, you can either change the situation and or you can change yourself. And the first question really is, can you change the situation? Uh, Can you remove the stressor or is there anything about the cue or the situation that um, that causes the stress that can be changed? Can you engage in some problem solving, some conversation that makes life less stressful, whether that's work related interpersonally uh, relevant or any other cue that uh, causes you to stress. But sometimes uh, situations cannot be changed or the changes are very minimal and that still exists. And, and we can ask ourselves like, uh, well, maybe there's something that I bring to this uh, that causes this, these negative feelings and maintain the worry and perhaps also have caused me to feel more down and depressed. And then it's a good time to, to start looking at yourself and start asking the question well, are there particular habits that I've formed that really maintain this, this uh, stress that I'm experiencing, the anxiety and depression that I'm feeling? I think when you think about habits, I'd like to think of them broadly, like habits in terms of actions, uh, but also habits in terms of thoughts. And uh, what is it, what's your dialogue, your inner dialogue that? you see happening over and over again. So about actions, I think a really nice question to ask yourself, we typically only do it on new year's day when we say, Hey, what do I want to accomplish this year? But I, I ask people to do it more regularly and monthly is not too much, but are you living in accordance uh, with your values? Are you, let's say in a romantic relationship, the partner that you want to be as a, uh, in a family relationship, if you are a parent, are you the parent that you want to be? Are you the friend that you want to be? Are you engaging in your hobbies the way you would like to engage with it? Um, physical health, uh, are you uh, going about your physical health in the way that uh, you really feel like is you? And if you find that the answer is um, not so much in all these domains, um I'm actually not quite matching what I do with how I really think about myself or how I would like to see myself. That's where there's opportunity to obviously start implementing some changes and start doing things differently. With respect to thoughts, um, the thoughts are really more about what are the thoughts about yourself? Um, What do you find yourself throughout the day telling yourself? Are you overly self-critical, overly self-negative about what you bring to situations? What are your thoughts about others? um, And what are your thoughts about the future? And if you ask yourself these questions and you find that uh, uh, much of it has gone from perhaps once being somewhat optimistic to more pessimistic, there too there's an opportunity to start working on changing those habits. And um, I, I would say changing those habits is important yet it's not easy. And so it's sort of easier said than done. And obviously, as a clinical psychologist, I'm a big fan of, of psychotherapy. And uh, I think when people find themselves answering sort of negatively to these questions that I just posed, uh, I, I strongly encourage that they reach out and start working with someone who's willing to invest the time to start working on changing
0: those habits. thank you so much for sharing that. Um, very thought provoking. I um I, I specifically reflect on it doesn't you don't have to wait for New Year's. Everybody does it around New Year's, but there's no there's no reason we should be waiting for New Year's to really reevaluate, and I'm doing a self-assessment, so thank you. Um, thank you for sharing that. I do want to circle back. Um, Dr. Allen, yeah, I, I clearly see great value in all the strategies shared here um, by Dr. Smith. In fact, I, I'm a little jealous that I couldn't have been in attendance at y'all's get-together so that I could have benefited more from his wisdom and his recommendations, but to Tell me a little bit about how this was received by your physicians, and um, and I know that y'all did more than one session. So was there anyone that specifically, you know, really benefited and kind of came to several of those sessions and shared some of their successes with you? I'd really like to hear kind of how that was firsthand experience.
1: Yeah. So um, it, it was interesting because you know there's obviously a wide range of experience, and we all deal with stress a little bit differently. And so um, I, I think. So we we did two kind of get togethers and they had distinctly different tones, but, um, but both, both pretty useful. The first group was probably a a bit more kind of engaged group of, of people. They, they responded right away with, this sounds like a really good idea. Let's get together. And they intellectually were interested in, in, in the ideas of stress management and, Came in saying like, yeah, well, I, I would love to learn, if, you know, a few uh, or have a few more more tools in that regard. And then the second one was, and I think this is a function of the the word getting out that man, it was a really fun time and we learned a lot from the first one. The second one, uh, a larger group of people with a bit wider um, experience w- with regard to where they where where they were at on stress showed up, and that turned into a bit more of a kind of a, a venting session, which was also useful. You know, I mean, when, when you get a group of people together, it's it's kind of like the benefits of group therapy, you know, just to know that you're not alone in the frustrations that you're feeling what was by itself useful. And, you know, you mentioned that it would be nice if you were there. And, and one of the things that was very like apparent to me as I was uh, arranging these things is not everybody has a Jasper that they can call upon to just show up at their happy hour. Um, and so is this something that other leaders in other places can, can reproduce? And I think that it is, um, in, in the sense that, you know, the, the hurdle that I was trying to address is getting people to engage with what's already available to them and, and so really, I think the, the one of the useful things that I took away from this is is that, you know, we all we're all pretty good about organizing social events um, from time to time in, in our, you know, in our workplaces. But having a little bit of an ulterior motive to that, you know, having a goal. Um, what was i think very useful just saying like look we're just here to to chat and have a good time but i'm going to start the conversation with with this and get the conversation going in that way and i think that's something that um that is reproducible
0: thank you so much dr allen for sharing that it is um it's very clear that this is something easily reproducible from our leaders and something that i think all might benefit from it's um, I hear I hear your recommendations loud and clear. Continue to plan those opportunities for everyone to get together. That's valuable time to share your experiences, um, but, but do it with a little bit of structure. Structure it, have an intent, um, and really have a goal with those sessions so that you can bring about some positive change through those. Is that is that what I'm hearing from you?
1: Yes, um, completely, and. You know, to um, also speak to what I learned from being in, the, in that crowd and, and hearing Jasper's um, kind of suggestions. Um, you know, I've, I have found myself changing how, how I deal with my own stress in, in a couple of ways. And, and I can't speak for everybody else, but I'm sure they all got uh, something similar. But um, for, for me, just the, the self-assessment thing, what I've, what I've specifically started asking myself um, on a regular basis. And I actually write it down about once a month. And that is what do I wish I did more of? And, um, and that's kind of the way I structure it for myself to, to just to, to step back and reassess my work-life balance and, and address some of the issues of, you know, am I being the parent that I want to be? Am I being the um, partner to my wife that I want to be? Am I, you know, doing, am I, am I taking care of myself in the ways that, that that um are healthy to me. Um so I mean it, it it's a it's a small task to put on myself to to stop and, and reassess those things, but it's been really, really useful for me. And I have made some small changes that I think have been helpful as a result of this. So I certainly appreciate um Jasper's um input there. One other thing that I took from that was was the idea of big changes. I, I think that for us as physicians, there, there's always, so if you start entertaining really drastic changes, you, you, um, it, it doesn't seem very realistic, you know? Um, but I still think it, that it's a, a useful exercise to go through to say, look, if my job is really stressing me out, one drastic solution is to not have that job anymore. Just I don't want to be a doctor anymore. Um, is that something that I want? And is it realistic? Um, and and for me, I still love being a physician. I, I love my job. Um, but it but you know it, it's a it's a way to it's kind of like the mental version of the the cold cold shower you know it kind of brings you back to like whoa you know like no I, I really appreciate a lot about what I'm what I'm doing you know um and, and so as I, I've been using that too as a little bit of a just a, a check on my own uh, system and, and it's made me really start appreciating some things that I've been taking for granted in, in my job that um that maybe maybe I hadn't been appreciating for a while.
0: Fantastic recommendation. Kind of take um, take a moment to reflect and think about the positives. There's great um, great benefit in taking the opportunity to look half half full, half empty, right? Um, well, I, I really appreciate all the thoughts and ideas that you have shared with us today. I know that there are leaders out there currently thinking what they might be able to do, um, things that they could implement in their facilities, things that they could try with their teams, with their employees, all different settings where they really want to make an impression and really want to relieve some of that stress and improve the overall wellness. Uh, so, thank you for sharing those. Any final thoughts? Um, Dr. Spence, I'll start with you. Any final thoughts before we close out today?
2: Um, mostly that it is nice to hear uh, Ryan reflect on these uh, two experiences and see what sticks, and um, to underscore uh, how you started today that um, the topic of, of stress is an important one. Uh, It's easy for people to sort of minimize it and say, hey, I got to deal with this myself. Um, You know, I I have to be better. And I think this conversation here and certainly our experiences uh, that we had over those two meetings just suggest that some of this is much better done when you actually reach out, share this with other people and it can be really productive. So it's just really nice to hear and see that.
0: Very good. Thank you. And Dr. Allen, any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, I guess the one one other thing that that I took away from all of this is in a leadership position, I'm very aware that some of the things that I ask the people that are working under me to do have nothing to do with medicine. And we all know that you know, it's it's part of the thing to to do little administrative tasks or you know extra clicks on on the EMR or whatever. But just to remain as a leader, remain very aware that each one of those times that I ask somebody to just kind of hold their nose and do this because that's how it is contributes in a small way to a little bit of dissatisfaction. And um, I don't, you know, there's not an easy solution to that. We're all aware of, of those frustrations, but I think it behooves us to, to to constantly, um, know when we're, when we're asking, um, one of those little headaches of somebody and, and to minimize it when it's possible and to push back a little bit when we can, um, on, on things that may not be necessary to, you know, good patient care. And I think that'll, that, you know the things i talked about before things that i did as as a physician being in this position but um also as a leader it it um, it's it behooves us to to kind of think about how we're affecting the stress when we ask people to do the things that we ask them to do
0: that's an excellent point and it's it's very clear that you're a very strong physician advocate so thank you for that i we've covered so much today um mm-hmm. Of great value. I mean, as we kind of mentioned early on, we know that burnout is prevalent. We know that it is really um i mean exceptionally high in emergency medicine we know that each year you know between three and four hundred physicians die by suicide we need to be talking about these things and we need to be talking about stress management and debriefing after stressful and traumatic cases and supporting each other and we need to talk about these things transparently and frequently and i i love that y'all are leading the way i appreciate the work that you're doing i um, am i'm i picked up a couple of tips myself here, you know, learning how to, how to better manage um, my stress every day, but to also look at some long-term coping strategies. I, I hear the challenge. You both mentioned it um, in different ways, but I hear the challenge and it really comes down to are you living in accordance with your values i think dr smith said it and not just reevaluate and do a self assessment around new year's but regularly challenge yourself to be better and to think differently and to reevaluate and i'll probably do it similar to how you do dr allen and you know what do you wish that you could do more of that really highlights your priorities and where you want to be and the type of person and the things where you want to, um, to give your time. So really think about those changes that you can make today so that you'll genuinely feel better tomorrow. So again, thank you both for your time. I really uh, appreciate all the innovation and all the effort that you're putting in to making sure that our clinicians are healthy, um, managing stress, and continuing to move forward in a positive way. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you both for being here.
1: Thank you. I enjoyed it. Same here. Thank you so much.
0: And I look forward to um, phase two of this because I'm sure both of you are very proactive thinkers. So I'm sure there's a version two. I'm sure y'all got another phase already in the works. Um, So I look forward to more opportunities to chat with you um, about that. Thank you all for your attention today. I hope that you did benefit from some of these recommendations that we have made. And I hope some of you leaders will um, will implement some of these strategies into your facilities. And Dr. Allen um, will very generously make himself available. So if you have questions and you want to do something similar um, in your facility, please feel free to reach out and we'll connect you to so that he could share some ideas and thoughts and kind of go into the logistics and the details a little bit more thoroughly. But thank you again for being here. Uh, We appreciate you. um, And until next time. Bye bye.